0: Welcome back. It's me, Taylor Ray, and today I have my mom on another episode of On the Outside. Today, we have another family chat, and I'm super excited to bring you this conversation between me and my mom, Jasmine Almonte. My mom is my go-to person for advice, for guidance, for help. She's the person I asked to double check if I'm right about something, if I'm wrong about something. And she actually has sat through every paper I've ever written from elementary school through grad school. I read her all of my essays, including 20-page papers. She's here for it. She is my first teacher, advocate, and just my absolute champion. In our conversation today, you're going to get some tips, some wisdom from my mother. She's going to talk to you about her morning routine, which is so elite. If I could start my day like my mom did, I would really be in amazing shape. She talks about her morning routine You get to know her a little bit better through our conversation, and you see why I am who I am because I got it all from my mama. I'm so thrilled to bring you our conversation. So, why don't we get into it? Okay, mom, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. And I'm so happy to be here. Um, Anyone that listens to this podcast or knows me at all in any capacity, he knows that I talk about you all the time because we're best friends. Absolutely. And, but we weren't always absolutely best friends. I feel like we always got along, but we've gotten closer and closer the older that I've gotten Um, to the point that now we're obsessed with each other. I agree. And I love that for us. Uh, so this episode, I really just want the audience to get to know you a little bit more and yeah, just talk about your story. So let's start at the beginning. <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Just like where you grew up and what your childhood was like.
1: Um, well, I grew up in the South Bronx in New York, born in Puerto Rico. Uh, my childhood was really great. I mean, I had, I have two sisters, a brother, mom and dad. Uh, we lived in the projects. Loved the projects. Um, that was my home, and. Um, Grew up in a predominantly Hispanic, black area. Um, Our neighborhood was very community vibes, um, very supportive. Um, Yeah, great friends. I have really good memories of my childhood as far as feeling that I belonged and that it felt like home. I never felt like an outsider living in New York, in the Bronx, and my friends and family. and So overall, really
0: good. And I think that's also why I always wanted to move to New York as a kid, because I didn't really feel super included. And I know you had that experience. And I was like, oh, when I moved to New York, everything's going to be perfect. It wasn't perfect, but I did. I do love living in New York. Um, OK, so at 14, right, you moved back to Puerto Rico.
1: Um, yes, I moved to Puerto Rico right before my 15th birthday um, again. It was totally different because it was an island. I wasn't living in a city anymore, um, leaving all my friends behind. As and lo- you spoke
0: Spanish already. I did. So was-
1: uh, we spoke Spanish at home. Um, everything else, school, friends, was all English. Um, I did have Hispanic friends, but um, we didn't really speak Spanish. For some reason, it was something we did at home. Um, but I spoke both languages, always Spanish and English. Um, I even read some Spanish. Um, My mom, you know, there would be newspapers and things around the house in Spanish, and I did learn some Spanish as well. Um, But I moved to Puerto Rico, and it was a big change, but it was a good change because, again, I was surrounded with people that made me feel very much a part of, as well as having family, great-grandmother right next door, cousins, aunts, uncles. Um, My cousins became my best friends. I had my grandfather out there. So family that I usually didn't get to see, I was able to have relationships with. And school was so different from school in New York. So I actually learned to embrace it pretty quick. And yeah, yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah. I think that a huge part of, I mean, as long as when I was, when you first had me, you weren't a teacher or like working with kids. You were working as a hairdresser. Yes. But- my, like, most of my life, I've known you as someone that works with kids and is, like, always around kids. I was so young when you made that, like, change. I actually have a memory, though, of you on the phone, like, quitting from working at your hair salon. Like, I remember you doing that. But what was that like for you? Like, making that change?
1: Um, You know, change for me was something that I was never comfortable with. Um, having children really does change your life for sure. And I was a hairdresser in New York for 20 years and loved it. And once I moved to New Jersey from New York, I got married. And when once I had you, um, I, of course, obsessed with my child and wanted to make sure you were safe. I, of course, started doing volunteer work with children, never worked with children in my life, hairdresser all my life. But wanted to kind of be nosy and find out what was going on in your classroom and what was going on in your school. So as soon as you went into um, kindergarten, I started becoming a volunteer and working with kids. And um, your dad actually said something super smart when he said, you actually enjoy your volunteer work more than your job. And I said, wow, he's right. I do. Maybe I should work with kids. Yeah. So that's how that started.
0: Was it scary?
1: change is always scary. Um, But I felt so much joy in my volunteer work. Again, I didn't know if it was going to work. I knew it was going to be good for me because I I did feel a lot of joy volunteering. So it was just a matter of taking a leap of faith. And I knew it was time to hang up my scissors and stop cutting hair. And, you know, it was a new chapter.
0: Yeah. And as a teacher now, you taught preschool, kindergarten, but you've also worked with like babies and you've also worked with like older kids, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, working for PAL and then YMCA, I worked with uh, school age kids, which included um, from kindergarten all the way to middle school or junior high school, like we say in New York. And then um, working at a preschool, they actually put me with infants, which I never worked with, but I was a mom. So I said, I know I could do this. So I did work with infants. Um, I am a preschool teacher. I do pre-K preschool, um, three to five year olds. Um, and I love it. And then in the summer I get to work with the older kids, which again are school age, you know, fourth, fifth graders. Um, I really don't have a preference. I just love kids in general. I mean, it's definitely my purpose to work with children.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something that you said to me, um, I don't even know when, but you were saying like some people have a job and some people have work and that you're so lucky that your job is your work. Right. Like it's like a job might be something that you do to make money, but your work might be something that feels like your purpose, but you get to do both like all in one. Yes.
1: Because um, your job is where you kind of go to make a living. We all need to have a job. And I think of work equivalent to your purpose. So you have to bring your purpose to your job, regardless, whatever you do for a living, because having a purpose is the whole reason why you get up in the morning, you know, so I can't imagine not having a purpose. So that's why the job and purpose thing, but in all fairness, I did hear a TED talk on purpose and work. And, um, you know, that was kind of life-changing for me because it really hit the nail on the head. It kind of explained the way I felt, Mm -hmm. And someone put it in words that I was like, yes, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. So, yeah.
0: As my mom, I think all of like, even when we were having our engagement party and all of my friends were like going to meet you, they were like, (laughs) I feel like you had a people like people were lining up to get advice from you. Like you were seated somewhere and all my friends were like lining up to like talk to you or get advice from you. And one of my friends was like, she's our mom now. Like, she's the group mom. Um, I feel like you're going to cry, Vi. you no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. Where do you find it to, like, be so giving with, like, your advice and, like, just being so open to listen to people? Right. And so open to, I don't know. I feel like you really see people. Like, people really feel seen by you. Right. Um, you know what? I really,
1: you know that my, my spirituality is key and it's really the center of my core. So I think that I always pray for guidance, um, say the right words to the right people. Everybody doesn't need the same thing. I don't always have the answers. I have learned to be a better listener. Sometimes that's all people need, someone to listen. Um, life experience, definitely. You know, people, sometimes I just connect because been there, done that. Um, And people that are important to you are important to me. So that helps that your friends, if they come to me, um, you know, I feel like they're they're an extension of you. Um, Because you have a family outside of your family. And I know your circle is very important. So, um, and I, you know, I've always had, I think it's just something I was kind of like, I don't know if it's the way I was raised. I know my mother was the one that all my friends went to. I didn't handle it as well as you did. It used to make me very jealous. Mm. My friends would ask me, like, is your mom home? Cause I need to talk to her. <laughs> and I was like, hello. Like you're my friend, not my mom's. Why are you asking for my mom? You're really good with sharing me.
0: And I feel well, I know that I'm your
1: favorite. <laughs> well, that's for sure, as I was my mom's. But I
0: but yeah, I feel like I don't um I feel like so safe and secure that I'm like your favorite person ever. So I'm like, yeah, it's and I, I, you know,
1: and I'm happy to hear that. But um, yeah, I think also watching, I am, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and watching my mom, I didn't realize at the time, because there's so much that you go through in life that you don't realize how it comes back full circle. But watching my mom giving my friends advice and admiring that in her actually might have planted seeds. Yeah. Because you plant seeds and, you know, sometimes they don't flourish till later on in life for sure. So, yeah.
0: When I think about you, there's a few things that come to mind. Obviously, one, you being my mom. Two, you being a teacher or working with kids. Three, your, yeah, spirituality and just like all of these practices that you have that keep you really grounded and for me that is like going to therapy, working out, um talking a lot about my feelings all the time to anyone that I have a relationship with. But I as you know, like I really struggle with cultivating that morning routine, journaling, like doing those things um on my own and I don't know. I feel like you really have it down. So did, were you always like that? Or like, mm. how? I know you don't have the exact same morning routine, like every day, but right for the most part, like, what does it look like? Like on the on the best day? Okay.
1: Yeah, my, my morning routine. Um, I've always had to find a way to center myself, even as a young teenager. Um, I started really journaling. Didn't know that it was called journaling back then when I was probably 12, 13 years old, but I used to write on my calendar or I used to look for lines, paper and write on it. And what I was doing was kind of writing my feelings. It wasn't a dear diary. It was almost like I needed to cleanse myself, kind of a, a cleansing of starting a new day. It was something that I didn't realize how much I was going to embrace later on in life. But mornings, I've become such a morning person throughout my life because it's a new start it's like a clean slate. Everything's fresh. Everything from the day before is gone. It's in the past. And that always gave me like a feeling of renewal and just kind of like- Like hopeful. A new start. It's all about hope. And that's really key. You're right. So, um, I, I mean, I started journaling a million years ago, I feel like. I can't remember the time. Writing for me has always been my tool. That's, you know, I always tell you- you know, whenever you tell me something that you say, you know what, mom, that really helped me. And I said, you need to pull that, put that in your toolbox because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what we do. The things that work for us, we don't realize how much we're going to need them throughout our life. And I was lucky enough to realize that writing was a tool that really helped me. And as time went by, reading went along with that. My sister, my older sister, taught me the passion of reading and writing at a very young age. And um, I realized that words and books not only took me to different places, but also inspired me. So whether it was poetry or a story. So yeah, writing and reading to this day are very much the core of what helps me align myself for Mm -hmm. a new day.
0: So what does that like yeah, like, what are, take me through, like, the morning, like, all the different things that you, okay my mor- you, that you, like, love to do, ideally.
1: Okay, my morning is kind of, re, you know, routine, very much so. Um, get up in the morning, as soon as I open my eyes.
0: At the crack of dawn.
1: As soon as I open, yes, I am a morning person, which is funny, because, you know, I used to club and stay out late and get home the next morning when I was a New Yorker, and lived a single life, of course. But my life for a long time has been open my eyes first thing in the morning, like six o'clock. Um, grateful for a new day immediately. Come, go to a place of gratitude. That is key because if what you put in your minds and how you wake up in the morning, um, you don't want to start grabbing your phone and looking at emails and looking at social media or letting negativity go into your mind. You don't give it a chance because you're going to plant this on purpose for a purpose. So you're not going to give it an opportunity to sneak into your mind. So you immediately go to a place of gratitude. Thank you, God, new day. So happy that you know, I have this opportunity to start fresh. I jump out of bed, because I do, I'm excited. I'm one of those weird people that's excited to actually get out of bed. And I go to my kitchen, love my home. Very important, your environment, your home environment. Where you live, it has to be a place that makes you feel serene and peaceful. That for me is so key. My place of, I call it prayer, journaling, cleansing, is the kitchen table. Everyone has their place. That's my nook, kitchen table, my cup of coffee, my journal, pen in hand, ready for the world. That's how I start, and then I just start to. I don't want to use the word purge, but I start to cleanse in the sense thought, yeah. of, you know. And you could start that however you want, um, but I start it with. Thank you, God, for a new day. And I like to write maybe things that stayed on my mind. What did you wake up thinking of? Um, What concerns do you have? Concerns are very important because you want to get those out of the way. You don't want to be concerned about anything. You want to surrender it. You want to release it. Once you surrender something, you can't worry about it again because you've surrendered it. So you don't get it back. We're only human. Of course, we have our minds. The renewal of the minds is really my goal. To renew that mind daily Mm -hmm. because our thoughts are really what show how we move in the world and how we move throughout the day. So, captivating our thoughts is very difficult, but the more you do it, the more it becomes the norm. I mean, I'm 63 years old. I like to believe I started doing this probably at a very young age and throughout my life. Some days, of course, are better than others. Your best is not always gonna be the same but it's always good enough and you have to give yourself some grace and know that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was good, mom. Well,
1: cause I'm passionate about
0: that. Yeah. No, you're such a morning girl. I, I mean, I do, I try to implement all of the things that you said. It's so hard. I wake up and I grab my phone like a little demon. <laughs> and, right. And it's a rough start to the yeah. day, but it's a rough start. It, it is, really is. Uh, you know and it no, wasn't always right. li- I'm not doing that anymore. You're I'm not freaking doing that anymore.
1: Yeah, it really it really is um and journaling doesn't have to be your thing. You know, yeah, I have I a friend know. that does not pray. She tells me I don't pray, Jasmine. I don't really, you know, have this god that I pray to and I don't I don't journal. But she is one of the most centered people that I know and I admire her. And I think that her prayer, which she doesn't realize, is nature. She walks, she kayaks, she has a canoe, she goes fishing. Who does that? Who goes bird watching? She goes, hello, <laughs> who are you? You know, it's like, what? And, you know, nature, walking, it could be, it doesn't have to be my thing. It could be your own thing. It could be music. It could be listening to music, writing poetry. It could be, you know, a podcast. Yeah. Your thing could be.
0: I think it's really hard. Last time uh, I saw you, it was really funny. We were talking about like, Our morning routine and I had these like daily affirmation cards. I remember I told you I don't even like these. I was like, I literally use them every day and I don't even like them. And I think they're dumb. And you were like, stop using them. Yes. But you see, I think especially with social media and as someone that's on social media, you see these morning routines that it's like, first I do this and then I do that. And then I do this. And like, this is how I'm so centered. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. But it, it really feels like what you're talking about is not like something external that you put on. It's something that's internal that you bring out. And Very that's well like said. that is that's, exactly what it is. That is not what I found. I find something on the outside that I'm like, OK, let me put that on myself and try to be that versus something inside that I'm like, OK, let me just like manifest what's already in there. And I think that's what we all got to work on.
1: You know, we hear this thing of the answer is always been inside of you. The answer's within, and it always sounds so like, what? But it really is. It's it's in there. It's, And, and you're doing a lot of, I mean, I, I believe you're walking in your purpose daily. I mean, that's just a given. I, I see it. Um, and my thing doesn't have to be your thing by no means. And maybe it's because of my age that I don't get caught up and I'm not on social media. I mean, I look at social media. I, you know, look at Instagram and all that stuff. And of course my, my daughter, my (laughs) YouTube and your everything. Um, But at the same time, it doesn't dictate my life because you know what, as you get older, you realize how unimportant all of that really is at the end of the day. We just don't get it, you know, and I get it when I was your age, believe me. And by no means think that I got it all together and I got it, you know, 24, seven every day of the week. Absolutely not. Because we're all only human. But at least I know where to find my place of rest and to allow myself that. And I know we all hear, it's okay not to be okay. And it's like, oh my God, everybody says that. But it really is. We're not always gonna be, some days are better than others, like I said, and your best is not always gonna look the same and that's okay.
0: What a great conversation. My mom is going to be back next week for another episode packed with so much wisdom. Once again, thank you for being here. See you out there.